0: uh, talk about her story and we mentioned her husband as well pastor dan and tonight at kingdom stories we have the privilege of hearing his story so dan Robinson welcome to kingdom stories from down under welcome you you, you listen to your wife's story so now you you have a bit of a cheating scenario here you you've you've heard it you know how everything pans out yeah. but let me tell you something you can do your home geek here okay. you're not restricted by Others have done before. So this is this is your sure. show. My show. This is your show. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. So we met at clive's 60th birthday. You were sitting there at the table. You were actually at the VIP table, we were next door almost rubbing shoulders, but not really. And then we started chatting afterwards. Mm. It was a big
1: feat, wasn't it? It was. It was a big feat.
0: It was a good feat.
1: And, and that night I prayed because we'd driven four hours uh, from our country church. So I just said, Lord, if there's anyone here that you want me to meet, I don't know everybody here. I know a few people. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I'd love to meet them. Yeah. And so I just I prayed a little prayer in my heart as I'm eating. And, and maybe 20 minutes later, you came up to me with a, with a book. Yeah. And gave me, pushed a book in my in my chest and it was actually to read that and I just felt the presence of God around you and on you. So I said to my wife later, I'd like to get to my pastor and that a little bit more. And that was that was the start I think yeah. of reflection. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I uh, I don't know why the Lord drew me to you. Uh, it was probably because you were available. There was no one that took you in the sense but uh not knowing you and uh, just having a heart, you know, to host people. I'm always looking for people that are, mm. you know, mm. new and just to make sure that they're looked after. And uh, I love people, <laughs> and probably so do you. So, yeah, it's it's always nice to get to know new people. I always, uh, everywhere I go, I, I meet new people all the time. Mm. And uh, usually I'm not that good with names, but your name was quite easy, Pasta dance,
1: so. Buster Dan, easy. Nice and simple. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and then we we connected and uh i came down to albany and we had a good time you did in uh december yes that was good fun thank well. you so much for hosting us and i mean for my wife and the kids it was a beautiful time down there just to have a camp and uh just to enjoy yeah beautiful people there you know credit to you and your wife for just shepherding those people and looking after them because they were so committed and they were ready yeah, they you know, were, it's hard to get people ready, but they were ready to receive and it's so much easier to
1: bring the kingdom when, when, you know. That's right. And then one night, I think um, they were so ready that I believe you ministered for like three hours, four hours. Is that right? I can't remember. It was quite. A, it was great because people were just hungry. I think we yeah. finished around 11, 10 to the 11 PM or something. Yeah. There was no clock on the wall. Then. No, there was no clock. Yeah. Well, we just realized, man, we finished, it's getting towards midnight sort of thing, you know, yeah.
0: which is great. I love that. Yeah, it's interesting how God takes us on the journey because we had, we had two different nights. We had a night, the, the second night was a fully immersion in worship, and the, the first night it was more in the teaching. But again, and just how God orchestrated yeah. everything, you know, and brought it all about, yeah. it was beautiful. That's yeah. right. And we, we saw miracles there as well, we saw the yeah, young uh well the young uh, adolescents they're getting filled with the Holy Spirit being yes. baptized and just a lot of a lot of fun a lot of joy yeah, yeah. so Albany home for you isn't it um
1: Albany's home now so I was born in the UK in a place called Wally my wife likes to on my passport it looks like uh, Wally so if you don't know how to speak that name you know no. it looks like oh, yeah. she's you know she finds it very funny it was born in Wally yeah but uh, it is actually English people call it Warwick, it's just a little village in North England, yeah, a half an hour from Manchester. So, you must be a Manchester uh, supporter, of one of the two? Yeah? Not really, I, you know, I'm not a huge football fan, but if I some of our local uh towns are Blackburn or Burnley, so if I was, you know, I tend to support one of those two, depending on who, who I was going to football with, you know, so because so. it's very yeah, you can get hurt if you support the wrong people. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, when did your parents move here? So, my parents uh, we, uh, my parents came to Australia when I was 10 years of age. They, they were part of a partnership where we had three farms in, in North England, where dairy. we were three farms, a dairy farm, and two, two, uh, two other beef and sheep farms. So, okay. uh, they, my so dad, your parents were farmers? yes my they've been generational both sides yeah. generational farmers and uh my dad was in partnership with two other brothers mm-hmm. and uh, my granddad sort of he was like a ceo you'd say of wp yeah. robinson and son so all those three farms, three farms operated like a quite a big business and we were well known in that in north england we my grandfather was a bit of a pioneer and came to uh to producing high quality beef cattle, so oh. he imported, for instance, I don't know if you've heard of Limousine cattle, but he was he imported some of these French breeds way in the seventies before no one ever heard of Limousines or um, other other like Blonde Aquitains. He he probably certain things, and so we had we had some of the best beef stock in North England, and mm-hmm. people would come from afar to to buy our, our meat, meat, and and we'd often get the best prices. In, you know, in some of these, these special 90? Yeah, were they ma- uh, men of faith? Your dad. Uh, my dad. Well, he is now, but not not, not when he was younger. No. So, yeah. So you grew up on the farm. Grew up on a farm. Yeah. Tractors, so, tractors horses, horses had all that as a young young boy. Basically, you could just choose four drive, you know, four drives. Lots of milk. We had meat. Yeah, we had our own dairy farm in no. a bright slap bank, typical England village right you know, old typical England village right there. So we weren't always popular. My I was brought up as a kid sometimes. I loved the farm. I just didn't enjoy school, so it was a case of as I'm coming home I'm you know throwing all the gear. On. To, yeah. So often my job was to walk the milk cows, cows straight through the, the old, you know, little country village of yeah. England and so often we might be navigating that the cows is. through past Mercedes Benz and uh, you know this, we were very posh people that lived in that village and, yes. so, and sometimes like the cattle would run That's into great. the into these beautiful English manicured gardens ah, and, right. and wreck the, all these beautiful roses so we were not, most of the village didn't like us and of course it was much uh, you know, smell coming from the farm, which yeah. and noises and things like that. So, um, it just yeah, we're brought up in that There's always something happening on the farm. So, no. I it was, it was, I, I look, I like how many of you? I've your sister, so i got three sisters. I'm the only one. Oh,
0: it's the joy of your mum, yeah. yeah. Well, your mum was around there, she's very proud of you, yes. Well,
1: she's, I'm the only one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> very supportive of
0: you. She is. She's very strong. And main. your sister as well. Amazing. Yeah.
1: Strongly, quite strong. Strong. What made what what made the move Yeah, Move to Australia. So I think my dad came over in uh, in his late seventies, and mm-hmm. uh, always had a desire to to travel a little bit. And he came over for three months, and he liked it so much that he went back and and uh, just um, you know wanted to get out of the partnership and just really have his own yeah life. So. So that was the initiation. Uh, we came when uh, in 1980, and we stayed here four years. And yeah. uh, we, then my dad we had to go back. Finish off because there was just a complex partnership where the other boys didn't want to just you know. he and, Yeah, he had to go back and work some more for another seven years before there was sort of like an equal come Shit. out of the partnership. So. It wasn't easy for my parents, and that's what. It, through that process, they came to the Lord. There was a lot of, you know, some control, and and because uh, they would no one was saved in our family at that time. So, mm.
0: so you came here for four years. were you, where, where did you stay when you? Were so
1: we arrived. You know, cold as you, know, you know, cold from Europe. And I had uh, three. I had three layers of pants on. Yeah. <laughs> three or four jackets uh, from cold London straight into hot Perth. We arrived at yeah. Perth and I remember we, we had <laughs> was like, wow, this is you know yeah, this man. amazing country, but we were all sweating and we just drove. We all pushed into this old this farmer picked us up from Katanning, which yes. my dad had an initial contract to work for, this farmer. And so at midnight we all pushed I was i just sat in the back of this old hole in Ute. Yeah. And it just felt really weird, we just kept driving. For me, because in England you drive 10 minutes, 15 yeah. minutes, that's like the end of the work. Yeah, Katani yeah. was uh, like three hours back then. Yeah, I was just driving and driving. I thought, where are we going? And and it's you know, dark and dusty. Yeah, it's very strange, it's just weird. You know, that was my first experience in Australia. Yeah, amazing. And you stayed on farming farm in Katani? Stayed there for about six months and then it was so hot for us. My dad then got a job at in Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we moved there and that's where we stayed for the last... On like beef? 40, beef farm or? Yeah, you made it. Beef, yeah. beef. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you went back to England, by then you would have been what, so I was a teenager? Four,
1: yes, I was 14 Yeah, and went back to the UK. So in the, in the middle of that time, my parents had started to seek the Lord. So I was around 12 and um, they started to take us to a church. Actually, in Denmark, on on fire church in Denmark near Albany. So that is probably where I, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord. I remember, you know, going to this this uh, midweek cell group with my two other sisters, and the man there did a Bible study, and then he said, "Right, kids, who wants to give their heart to the Lord?" And uh, I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I said, "You know, I said yes." And I looked at my sister, and she's like. Okay. So we all prayed the prayer. Yeah. And I felt, I knew something had shifted and happened in my heart. I was like, whoa, you know, the born again experience. This was real. This was real. So I'm like, I can't wait to open the car and talk to my sister as we're driving home. So I talked to my sister, I said, did you feel that? She goes, what, did didn't you feel? Did you feel the presence of God? No, nothing. I said, did you feel anything? Nothing." So it's interesting when I look back at that time, you know, yeah. I obviously I believed from yeah. my heart, yeah. we all confessed it, but I yeah. believed and I felt, you know, I had that experience of being born again, so at the age of 12. So, did so you
0: took that to England, obviously, more
1: hidden in the heart. Yes, yes. Took that back to the England, of course, we started going to church a little bit and, and my parents started so there was a church. a
0: church in the village? Or
1: Here uh, for about two years, I going to church in Denmark, and then we went back to the UK. So I had to go to church, but through my from sixteen to about twenty three, I didn't. Absolutely. I stopped going to church. I was just doing my own thing. Yeah, and just being a boy in the world. Yeah, alcohol and partying and that sort of stuff. Yeah.
0: So, so you'd go to town or to a city, or mainly in the villages in the pubs.
1: Yeah, just all both. I mean, we had, you know, drinking, as you know, the UK is a big, big drinking culture. (laughs) Everything revolves around the pubs. So it was, you know, for us, it was um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and that was the lifestyle work.
0: So work on a farm with your folks, hard, long hours, and then partying on
1: the weekends. And the parents didn't mind? They did. They did mind, uh, and so eventually, you know, I moved out of home and I lived on one of the other farms mm-hmm. um, because they were getting more locked into God now, a good church in England, and um, uh, yeah, I was I was very I was a prodigal son for, to them, you know, so yeah. it was gr- bring a lot of grief to them. So I just moved out. And... Did they have
0: any prophetic wor- words, or there wasn't anything? Did I have any, or did yeah, they... or did they did they know of anything that was spoken? Towards you, or
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, but when I when I um, when I was uh, after give my heart to the Lord, just about that time, yeah, living down in Denmark at the age of twelve, yeah, we built our own house here down in down near Denmark, and yeah. um, uh, that we still have that house. Parents still have that house. But in one of the bedrooms there, I remember just going to sleep at one one night and. It was like all I can, my, the spiritual experience I had was I was taken up out of my bed, up into a, somewhere up in the sky area, yeah. or, and, uh, and and I saw these two, um, it was like like this, it was a live, very live scenario, so these two men, about yeah. in their 40s, 40, late 40s, yeah. one was a very wealthy, um, I was watching it, like watching a live video, and um, one was a wealthy, had an expensive suit on, a wealthy businessman. Yeah. And uh, I was just sort of watching some of the things he was doing in a fancy car and things like that. And then the clip, the video clip changed. And then I saw this other video clip of this kind of like preacher, evangelist preaching in front of a sea of faces, the yes. gospel, but there were black faces. Wow. And this man was, you know, giving yeah. a strong evangelistic message, you know, like repent. Yeah. Turn over and kind of not but turn over and but just preaching the gospel, the gospel message. And uh, and then the 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 clip changed, I heard this voice behind me in the vision. What do you choose? This life or that life? Yeah. Which life do you want? And I knew it was like with that vision came, there was a draw in my flesh for the, the wealthy businessman, but it didn't have God at the end. It was a it was a sad ending. But I knew this one, this other lifestyle choice was maybe a difficult journey. Yes. But the end was glorious. That's, that's all I can explain. So I just, as a kid, I said, God, or I said, God, I choose that one. And then I felt joy. Yeah. I felt I, somehow I knew joy, the joy of the Father, and then it came, basically came straight back down into my, into my spirit. I don't know, whatever, came back down to the and I was like, wow. And I never, never shared that with anybody until after being saved, maybe 10-15 yes. years later. I always kept it very close to my heart. So. Mm. That was the, probably the most, the first significant calling. Could, could your parents notice it? I think so. I think they've often said that they... Because I would, uh, when after the 12 years of old, I wanted a Bible, you know, yeah. and I started to read. I remember, for example, on the hill farm down here in Albany, I Wanted a car, a bush, you know, we call them bush batches. We yes. drive an old car around the uh, we had yeah, 60 acres. So I remember reading the book of Mark, and uh, in there, something stood out to me that if you will believe, no one had taught me this, it was amazing. Yeah. But I just I was just reading through Mark, and it's such a, hung, made it a hunger for the word of God there. Yeah, secretly, though, it was a very secret relationship. And having you know, uh, because at that time, again, my parents just. They're coming. They're coming to the Lord. They're not on fire for God yes. as yet, but so I, I'm, you know, I'm learning about God, and um, the Baptists have given me this Bible. So I just remember walking out of the house and thinking, well, if I believe in my, I just read, if I believe in my heart and speak with my mouth, I can have that car. So you know, I just <laughs> prayed that prayer. And two days later, this man that lived down the road just came sitting at the table, Yeah. and he was talking to my dad. He said, oh, I've got this old Ford Zephyr, you know, it's hanging around, and uh, I don't know what to do with it. And my ears latched onto that. Yeah, You do? I said, you do? And so I came and sat at the table. I said, would you mind? I'd like that car. I, I think I, I gave him $20 for it, so... <laughs> So that was my first uh, experience of having a prayer, Answer. an answered prayer specific yeah. that I knew the Lord had answered to me. Yeah. I resold it back to him after maybe a year or two, after, after 40, dollars, for $40, he wanted it back <laughs> for parts. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> so, so. But
0: nevertheless, it was an experience where you, you had a palpable evidence of God, God. was real. Answered question. Yeah. Yes. And uh, prayer, which is beautiful. Yeah so uh after all this drinking and having fun um did you come back to the faith or did you move to australia
1: um through those through those years for well, my mum was a prayer warrior and so when i was sometimes drinking i often shared this not encouraged mothers praying yeah, for us not to all. So, so i would have sometimes uh, it happened a number of times sometimes i'd be out there you know in different scenarios at pubs and bars or whatever pretty drunk yeah. And I'd be immediately sober at, at the bar. Yeah. And I knew, I'd feel the presence of God and I knew it was my mom praying. And mm-hmm. it would annoy me sometimes because i just spent a hundred bucks, hundred and twenty dollars, yeah. you know, on alcohol. And so the part of re- knowing that God was real, yeah. you know, and, but also somebody praying for you, that's just yeah. so important. So those four or five years of being a rebellious you know, child. Yeah. So God was still keeping me Reminding me that he is God. Yeah. So sort of he is. Yeah. And then you moved to Australia. So then uh, I had done five years in England. Five years of um, mechanical engineering alongside we call it HNC in England, which basically did an apprenticeship. Yes. Yeah. mechanic and you yeah. also go to university. Table. Okay. So I I uh, applied to go to a university. I got in a couple of universities. And for some reason, I said to Karen the other day, I applied to Curtin University. My, yes my parents already moved back here but i, I was planning to stay in the uk oh they'd come back by then i was going to stay there so um and, I, I, and for some reason i got, a, got in i got into university so I was, yeah, cold wet england you know winter and i knew, i knew the university situation in england because uh, i had university friends and. I love to travel. I've already actually been as a backpacker to Australia for maybe three months and backpacked around it as a, t- a late teenager Europe. and I've traveled to Europe. So I love to travel. So it just appealed to me more. So I came to Curtin University in March, 1993. Wow. Uh, arrived basically a little bit late, but just yeah. went straight into the mechanical engineering uh, nice. course. That's how God got me here. I only probably did about six weeks and I realized, you know, my mathematics wasn't up to scratch, I really wasn't. My heart wasn't into committing to four or five years of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd already done five yeah. years of study, so. So you got a
0: job.
1: Yes, yeah, so I got a job, um, actually in the in the uh, agricultural field, mm-hmm. um, sowing yeah, in Wongan Hills mm-hmm. on a big machine, just sowing, you know, uh, seeding, called yeah. seeding operations, and that was the time that God started so to draw me back to myself. Like twelve-hour shifts on a tractor, John yeah. near a tractor. I did night shift. I was with seven other guys, a couple of Canadians, a couple of Kiwis. Yes. We just worked, you know, and we had, you know, it was a big, big operation. But through those nine and your parents were in Albany now. My parents were in Albany now, yeah. They bought a farm. They they had a little they come back to their little farm. They hadn't bought a farm yet, no. So um, through that through those six weeks of seeding operations, that's where the Lord started to speak to said now. You are you the, uh, because you know, you just basically got ten hours. It's just doing God. Yeah, it's so like watching sunsets come up, sunsets Inside, go down, right. sunsets. And uh, obviously keeping an eye on machinery as well. But through that time, it was like the Lord was saying, night after night, now is the time you yield yourself to me now or you'll miss it. So right. like, that's all I knew. If I don't yield now, I don't know mm-hmm. when the next karos, I think you remember, you were talking yeah. about that when you came down. I just knew that it became every, it became strong and strong to me. So yeah. uh, when, when that seating operation was finished, my mum was coming up to uh, Perth for a conference at, R- at Riverview and oh. she invited me along. It was a lady preacher um, who heads up, a woman's aglow, a so powerful, powerful lady, I can't remember exact name, so she invited yeah. me to that and that's where I publicly in front of the church, well. I felt the Lord pull me forward, and go, yes, it was. That was the place that I truly committed my or dedicated my life yeah. to. Him. Yeah. So that was that was in Perth here at, at Raymond, at Riverview or Raymond. Yes. Nice. Yeah, and um, I had a, by then I had a good mechanical job, and I felt the Lord lead me to go to Bible College, which was about four months later, and so, uh,
0: within the church.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I was going to church a lot and, uh, fell Bible college in the here, church. Yeah, so the right, I fell like to go to Bible college within about four months. So I gave up gave up that job and yeah. went to full-time Bible college for two years. So How did you survive? It, that was a real faith walk, you know, for me. Yeah. Because the first, the first year was like, I'm learning, it's all a new culture, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I went from this great, you know, a lot I going in quite a lot of money to nothing. Really yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So, I remember. I was the, study, but I was, yeah. was tiny. And we're hearing a lot about faith because the church ran was, was yeah, it was word faith. Yeah, yeah, it was a so lot of faith. So I okay, uh, Lord, you you call me here. You need to pay for the just it's a cool. little childlike faith. I need a lot more wisdom, obviously, which you learn as you go. But how <laughs> oh, the faith? <laughs> you do for it, God. You brought me here, <laughs> the right? The faith did its <laughs> job. Anyway, the first within the first the first term, you had to pay your fees, um, and I. Uh, and nothing, nothing could come in, you know. And I'm saying I'm trusting the Lord a lot of frustration. I said, I I don't know if I fasted for a day or two, but I remember saying, God, I, uh, you know, that the head of the department needs well, I need money, Lord, what what's what's going on here? I'm believing. And as I the Lord in his mercy spoke to me, I'm believing whatever, for two or three thousand dollars, whatever it was, for yes. a year. And the Holy Spirit said to me, um, you have ten dollar faith. I have $10, it was such a slap on my face. It was like a wake up call because I thought I could, you know, just believe God for $3,000. Yeah. Uh, So it's a bit of a humbling experience. I remember because I was living in South Perth and just cycled to college. I thought, wow, I've only got $10. And you know, it was an opportunity to get offended at God and process all that. I said, okay Lord, obviously, if I've got $10 faith, I've got $10 faith So, father. I agree. I believe that I agree that I received now for that ten dollars, and somebody that day came and gave me ten dollars a Bible College. So that was then a job came a part-time yeah. job. So I started to work at Cleveland's Cold Stores with a number of us Bible College students, and and then somebody um, within I think uh, a couple of weeks I went up to pay my fees. Somebody paid the first amount. Yeah. And then I went to pay pay them again, and somebody said the whole, the whole year's been paid, paid for. Wow. So the whole, yeah, just learning how faith works yeah. and the whole process of trusting the Lord. And, you know, start to believe about $50 and believe for $100 and so forth. So, yes, yeah, faith walk. Beautiful. And that rainbow you met, Karen? Karen, I thought I'd probably been there about three months at Bible college, and this precious young lady, she's... Uh, well, she, she she was it was actually in a Discovery midway class. That's my first memories. Well yeah. she yeah, I did see, probably saw her at the door, but I remember distinctively when she stood up to testify in the Discovery class. We had Discovery those yes. days. She testified and I felt the word of the word of the Lord say to me, This is your wife. And I had no like just that's a very still small, wasn't any booming voice, but no, I just missed it. I had a mindset to be like, Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I, I know, can say it's a religious mindset, whatever. It was a yeah. religious mindset. I'm single and that's it. I'm not interested in marriage. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was just totally dedicated to to follow God. So I just dismissed it. But that had been thrown in my heart. That had promised that the Holy Spirit son has been, yeah. So yeah. it was a process. And then you you um. How did you start dating? Oh, look, in that particular church there was a lot of different sub- midweek meetings and things yeah. like that. So uh, often the meetings would turn up and, uh, you know, there'd be 15, 20 young adults there. Kieran was there. And then, yeah. and so we'd like to be going, she kind of knew and I kind of knew. It was just this special affection. But I thought, like, no, I'm just, skip- just <laughs> pushing it away. So, so then it became more of a deliberate trying to ignore her or get away from because in my mindset that would be compromise. at that time yeah. it was compromise, and, and i was still working at the voice of god the voice of the flesh and the voice of the devil this could just be satan trying to present a compromise to me so as far as i'm concerned i'm going to stay away from it all yeah i didn't have much you know i'm still very baby christian so yeah yeah and um the process took for us. Do you want me to finish that through? How we just go? a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So what happened was, I remember being at a party, at Chris, like a Christian get together kind of party scenario one night, and in this scenario, when I thought about here and she was there again, and she always seemed to be <laughs> at every, all every kind of meeting, you know. So, and uh, so I went out to talk to some boys in the in the in the back garden and um, just. Uh, and when I thought about it, I thought, it's like the Holy Spirit put the thought of caring in my in my mind. And the presence of the fire of God, that's all I can explain. It went shooting through my body. Yeah. And I pushed it out of my mind. And the thought of caring. It's like he was deliberately putting this source of care to get through my thick head. You know, yeah. like some some of us are so thick sometimes, and that's how maybe I was. Yeah. And that was the place probably where I surrendered in my heart this. No, it's just everybody else is busy, but I was just sat on a stone wall. I said, okay, Lord, well, uh, I surrendered If you want me to get married, you know, I'll do that. So I think that was where I started to then think about the process of dating, yeah. How did her to marry you? I asked her to marry her in, uh, I was visiting her in the flat that she lived. And um, I basically, from memory, I'd have to check with my wife. <laughs> I was basically, I, I, um, is that right, honey? Did I get down on my knee and ask you? I didn't. I, I, from my memory, from my memory, were sat on the couch. Yeah. And, um, but she's got a different story, so. Too late. Now, now this is your story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my story. So that's where I believe I asked her to marry me. Marry so. Beautiful. And, well, you took, and you
0: took her to albany to to marry her in albany yes yes, yes. beautiful
1: and uh, that was uh, the, our marriage again was a walk of faith we've just been through bible college she'd done yeah the first year of victory life bible college we didn't have any money and the lord said if you'll trust me if you'll trust me i'll pay for it and so everything like as far as even the boat coming across the uh, it's like 20 minutes you know, yeah beautiful from Came across the water, uh, the guy said, "Oh no, you don't need to give us any money. You just you know." And Karen Kieran, and Karen's dad organised, "Just give us some beer." Well, he didn't even want that at the end of the day. Everything was supplied. Nice. Parents, mum and dad paid for like the food at the at the reception. My parents paid for the venue. They wanted, you know, no one asked them to do anything. Or sure. Somebody gave us a car because I only had an old car, so I mean, like, there's a car for the honeymoon. And there's just one thing where I didn't trust the Lord, and that was with the photographer, where <laughs> as I was just pressured yes. pressured into doing something. So I organised the photographer, which cost quite a lot of money. We yeah. never ended up using. The funny thing is we never used used any of those photos. Oh. All of the photos of our friends. Yeah. The one, the personal friends that they took of our marriage, these are the ones that we have around our house now. So. Interesting. So it was just it's always been a phase journey for me. I, I don't know that's just how it's been. We've had to you know, learn to And you've trust gone them. you've gone east for a
0: while, didn't you? East. Uh, Melbourne.
1: Yes. So after we felt called to Victory Life to help you yeah. to start, start that church for seven years and then we felt, um, uh, we went to the country for, to Denmark for about two years and then we felt a, a little burden, a stern to go to Melbourne, which I would, in my own, I don't particularly like big cities. Yeah. So it was like, it was definitely a call to the Western suburbs. We had the word yeah. sunshine. We didn't even know anything about Melbourne. So I said to Karen and she, we, we both... You know, she knew a little bit about that, yeah. so we just knew that we are called to Sunshine specifically to that, that was a Western suburbs. Yeah. So we were there for 15 years and the Lord said, I want you to believe for a revival in the whole, which Western suburbs." What What year was it? Are those in the late north? Uh, 2002, I think. Okay. Or that's when we actually left Western Australia. We mm-hmm. left with 4 drive. And Karen was sharing this. We left a four driver, one axle trailer, two young children, baby, you basically baby with 50. We didn't even have enough money to get the full fuel. We didn't have enough yeah. fuel money to get to, to Melbourne. So, so it was like, um, you know, some of our rent, uh, some of our payment came through. We got to Adelaide and then somebody asked us to stay in Albury, Wood, Albury, Wodonga. And yeah. So it was just a real faith walk for us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, yeah. That's, that's nice. I've lived in Melbourne, so I'm quite familiar with Melbourne. I actually lived in Richmond. Right. And uh, there was a powerful church in Richmond, but I've never attended mm-hmm. it. Richmond AOG. Yeah. yeah, because it was too extreme and everybody told us to stay away from it. Right. And like looking back now, I think what I missed, you know. It was literally a walking distance from my house. I I, I went to Richmond High, so every day I would walk past it. And I saw this massive building there and, and never never even went inside of it. We used to go to a church in in Noble Park then, then, you know, which was an hour and a half away, two hours away. Um, But it was what it was. Looking back now, I wish, you
1: know, uh, it was probably the most dynamic church in in the city of Melbourne. And of course, Richmond came out of Sunshine Revivals, which was the birth of the Pentecostal movement in Australia, which started you know, if we, not many Aussies know that, but they put on special trains in Sunshine. There were so wow. many healings and miracles that, that came You know, us. in our
0: library here, yeah. I have the history of Pentecostalism in Australia. John Friend passed me all the archives. Um, he was going to give them to Alpha Crusis, but they didn't want them. So he was looking for a place to pass them on to. And uh, one day he just rocked up in the car park here and he said, whoa, I said, how can I help you? They said, well, what is this? I said, it's a church. He said, yeah, yeah but who's, who's the church? And I said, look, um, we are, we are the church. And he said, I was the pastor here. I ran Tabor college here. This was a Bible college. I said, well, we have, we have a Bible college. He said, you've got a Bible college. I said, yeah. He said, show me. I said, let me show you the Bible college and the library. So I showed him the library. He said, you've actually got a library? I've been praying to God for the last five, six years to give me a place where to give this heritage that I have. Wow. And He humbly brought it here. And we, it's, it's just powerful, as you um, said, you yeah, know, what God does. So. To
1: see, to know that our history, Australia, yeah. which is good. And, and our, as Kieran said, John Martin, we know it, uh, one of our spiritual fathers Day, yeah. knew cl greenwood wow. cl greenwood was the prayer man of prayer that would spend hours and hours in prayer yeah when valdez who was an american preacher came to sunshine that's what he was an evangelist valdez came there and that's what started the the outpouring of the holy spirit yeah. and and the signs and the wonders and the miracles so it was birthed in sunshine and then a number of maybe for political reasons they moved it to richmond which then became the richmond aog so then yeah. i went up to the movement of the sphere went up to queensland and so it was it's very interesting history i think it's called revival fires it was a very documented book of who and i actually have some docu- i have some ta- tapes. somebody gave me of valdez's preaching wow which is in the early ni- you know early 1900s yeah that's amazing yeah so. and then the, the lord called you back so yeah, big circle. We, we, so we started uh, Harvest in uh, in our own ministry in Melbourne, 2004. And uh, after about 18 months, we, we started our church there. We were involved Not not so much, it was also a church, but also we pioneered a um, ministry in North, North India, and orphanage there. So i have been to, we have ministry in North India, in, in Chandigarh. Okay and uh, we started uh, an orphanage so the first time i went to india i connected with a pastor up there just felt connected with him just a special connection sure. so as i left i felt the lord wanted more than this not just there was, there was more to this relationship and he was a lovely man and so i connected with him and so then we we said hey you know would, uh, would you like to start an orphanage so we basically we financed an orphanage and then and then um, it grew and um, you know, then it was a Bible college, and then, and now today through Pastor Raj, and we sort of partner with, you know, supporting about twenty-five, thirty pastors in the Punjab area. Wow! So all these pastors I've met, you know, these churches I've ministered to, there's revivals and miracles. So normally I go there once, once a year or so, and just uh, that's fierce great. That's one especially of especially now with
0: COVID, you can't go, obviously, but yes. yeah. well, I've been to India many times and. It's a beautiful place and a great customers. Yes, miracles everywhere. Just beautiful. So now you're in Albany. Mm. Uh, you've got three, three places three uh, where you minister, Three locations: yes. Denmark, Albany, and uh, mm. and the Holy Triangle and Mount Barker, the Pantagenet.
1: Pantagenet. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful
0: mountains. We've got mountains in Western Australia. The yeah. uh, Knoll and the Stirling Ranges. Beautiful places to walk in winter. That's so much fun in summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've done the walks around there. Beautiful, I've been up Love North. Just lovely, lovely area. I've got a lot of friends in, Canada, Mount Barker, yes. So really wow. beautiful place. Um, love love the Albany, love the ministry that we've done with you down there, and I think just I think there's something beautiful about the Southwest
1: well as you, you may be familiar albany has been used by the lord in fact many of our troops left yeah. uh albany port uh in the war there to you know when they, when they went to free Beersheba, which yeah. is a bit of a historical thing for australia so they, the, right. the australian uh, the albany port is a, was one of the best in the world I think mm-hmm. it's number seven as far as having the most natural blessed protected bay. bay so it's a beautiful and it was originally going to be the um uh you know, the states, you know, major, major city, but then Perth got chosen as things were developing. Perth got chosen. Fremantle got chosen. Over mm-hmm. Albany. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot of history. history. Mm. And, um, and uh, it is a beautiful spot. It
0: definitely is. Oh, a lot cooler, but not not that cool People. Yeah, about
1: four degrees, possibly four or five degrees cooler. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I was also uh, quite surprised with agasta because agasta people have a a view that Augusta is very cool, but Augusta is not cool. albany is a lot cooler. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah.
1: is nice. Oh,
0: that, that whole area of the southwest is beautiful. We love it down there. And uh, I just think that, you know, for you and Karen, you know, doing, you know, doing the ministry down there is, because this is, uh, this is God's call. Uh, there's nothing else to attract you there. Uh, obviously, you've got your parents, uh, but it wasn't because of your parents. It was god's call to the ministry absolutely yeah and uh, there's a powerful testimony now um of the people that you, you're bringing together and those people who have been saved and oh, okay. discipled and you know operating in the gifts and just going for it yeah yeah which is beautiful
1: god's given us some great people just we're very we're very blessed so we you know he's, he's given us the best as far as i'm concerned so i think i think you're in a beautiful chapter of ministry don't you think yeah, I think possibly we, you know, from our perspective, we've been through like yourself. You go through battles, you go through fights, spiritual fights, yeah. and so forth. And I do. I feel that I think, especially for Australia, I think now is a good time. I think we're going to see a real move through the remnant, the people that are hung, like you, that are hungry for God, that are prepared, yeah. uh, prepared. To, a wineskin to carry His presence and His glory through fasting, through prayer, through Lord we're desperate. This country, we need Him, you know, Australia in the natural is becoming very secular. So yeah. I think there's pockets around Australia where people, God's raising up these yeah. wineskins to carry the entire, He doesn't need, He doesn't need thousands, but He, just, right. he just needs available, available mm-hmm. vessels that are yielded to Him, the counter will pay the price. Yeah. And we haven't always done that if we're honest, but I think now, you know, you get older in your years, I'm 50, 51, and you realize that uh, really spiritual things, <laughs> only, only spiritual things matter, you know, yeah. that, that maybe as you get older, you realize that more and more. So, yeah. you're just investing into the kingdom as much as you can, into eternal things. Yeah.
0: What would you like people to remember you like?
1: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, I, uh, well, we are here, but
0: slowly yeah. dying. Yes. <laughs> we live to die. <laughs> we're, we're probably over the hump.
1: It's a very uh, interesting statement, that isn't it? We live to die. Um, it's 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 kind of contrary, but I'd like to be known as a man of love. I think on my on my grave, he was a man that loved people. And I know different people have, you know many people have different interpre- interpretations for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, for example, you know, John the Baptist was a man that was killed killed because he spoke the truth in love, where maybe maybe many wouldn't have done. Sure. So it covers a wide a wide field, but yeah, that's what I'd like, like to be known, especially by the Lord. Really what matters yeah. to me is what the father thinks of us yeah. it's not so much what man thinks of the end of the day. It's more what God thinks of or he how he sees me and how I worked with the the gifts, the callings, the talents of my life, that's really... What, what do you would you say? like to see happen in um, Albany,
0: Melbourne? Uh, yeah, you know, we'd
1: love to see just a, a breaking out of the Spirit of God, especially like Harry said in the young people, the yeah. way He comes in a very sovereign way. Yeah, Sovereign way. People come under conviction, realisation that there is a kingdom, kingdom of yeah. God, that He loves them. And the demonic all the demonic stuff just breaks off people yeah just a supernatural move of his glory and i don't know how long that would last for it doesn't necessarily need to last forever because yeah. you don't need you don't need that kind of a reformation to last forever but just was sort of a massive impact, a breakthrough yeah a massive impact mm-hmm. in the culture and people coming you know we'd like to see people come from other nations to see yeah. what is god doing in this In Australia, you
0: know, to Great Southland, Great Southland, Southland, Holy Spirit, that would be awesome, you know, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful, Mike, It's good to know you. I I just love how humbly, you know, your story is and how beautiful you just share. I also love your generosity. Um, recently we raised some funds for the Ukrainian refugees, and you and your church has been amazingly generous, and it's just so beautiful to see. Uh, how you know how, how well you balance missions as well you understand the mission you understand the trenches you understand the work out uh, there it's so good that you were able to go to india yeah. when the waters were open because i think every every pastor should go into the missions yeah. and this Absolutely. one a year and Absolutely. this one to year you, you know
1: and Karen knows. is i've encouraged we take our people there if we can yeah teams all the time. I, I, I would attribute be a a lot of my training to India. I've learned so much there because yeah. yeah, I've been quite a bit. So uh, there's just, as you know, when you travel, you see a different aspect of God, especially, sure. especially of their faith, simple yeah. childlike faith. You go, oh man, I haven't seen this kind of faith in, in the Western country. What is this? Yeah. Oh, it's great. You've know, got to feed a hundred people and like they've got half a chicken, so they we, we, yeah. we don't try enough here. We don't try
0: God's Capacity enough. Right. We yeah. don't realize how big our God is. We've got coals, we've
1: got yeah. woolies, and we've got yeah. the medical system. Yeah, so it's it too comfortable. So I, that, well I would I would say, I'm I feel blessed that I've had to, I've been able to experience and see their faith, and yeah. I've been impacted in such a way to keep me in a place of of, of hungering for more of God, yeah. and never to fall into a place of. Of of apathy or indifference or materialism, because materialism to me, materialism is one is a god in this world that, as Jesus said, you know, I counsel, I beg you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. Yeah. And I think for people living in Western cultures, this, this is a fight for us where we have to make sure that Jesus, the God of Mammon, is yeah. not we're not subtly being influenced by that. Well, we're keeping Jesus the center of it all. Sure. We can have money, it's not about how much money we have, but as long as money isn't controlling yeah. our spiritual decisions yes. and choices. So. Beautiful. so, that's it's a massive temptation
0: because we live in a world which is driven by money and pride and greed and yeah. ridicule and all sorts of things. Thank you so much so thank you for you. show. Time. Uh, it's beautiful to just chat and uh, to hear and uh, find out more about you I, I wasn't aware that you you went back to England I knew you came from England but I didn't know you went back uh, for another experience and then eventually uh, made Australia home well you're a Aussie now welcome That's, to Australia amen <laughs> thank you God bless you <laughs> well friends what a beautiful story uh Pastor Dan um uh, and you can see him in albany when you're down there albany denmark or mount barca visit harvest church down there harvest.ioc and uh, yeah just uh, connect with them because god will do amazing things when you will be down there for those of you who are watching us on a regular basis thank you for joining us tonight and we hope to see you again uh, next week until then take care and um yeah from here from western australia from down under we bless you and we look forward to catching up. So pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.